All right, I think we're recording. What's up, everyone? My name's Olivia, and welcome to Liv's Corner. All right, I got obnoxiously loud with my pitch. Holy fuck. <laughs> uh, anyways, so um, today I have a special episode for you guys. I just slapped and clapped in my hands. It just, it felt loud. It felt super loud. Anyways, I um, had a really wild day today. Um, I'm not going to explain the details, but I managed to, um, yeah, I, I actually got to see Justice League today. Uh, the movie Justice League um, <clears throat> was not bad. It wasn't. I actually really, really liked it. And a lot of people don't really necessarily, you know, think too high of it. Uh, I think it's because we have a bunch of, like, deep-seated DC fans um, who, like, over overanalyze movies too much. And when it comes down to it and you see the bigger picture of the movie, you do kind of get why they do that. But as the movie as a whole entirely, how they play off the characters was pretty damn good, in my opinion. But I'm not here to talk about that. I am here to talk about one thing that plagues every trans girl and boy and non-binary all together. And that would be dysphoria. Now, um, <clears throat> dysphoria is um, by... Okay, I'm going to paraphrase definition a little bit. But it's basically what transgender people feel uh, when they are when they don't feel like their bodies or something about themselves doesn't coincide with their gender identity and it kind of makes them question their identity and just overall it disturbs the person and you know it's not a good feeling it, it makes you feel kind of like shut down overall just very um uh how what's the word it, it makes you feel like you hate yourself and it's it's not a good feeling it really isn't Um, but here I'm going to talk about three different types of dysphoria and, um, ways to combat that. Um, basically, there's three types that I could find on, uh, online. And to me, they're, like, the only types, but if I'm missing something, you can go ahead and check that out. Um, because, oh, they're, like, subcategories that fall between each category, but... I'm not going to go into those right now. I'm just going to go into um, the the three main ones. Um, first one being is body dysphoria. This is when you experience discomfort when uh, with your physical appearance, when it doesn't coincide with your gender identity. Um, now, the way you combat body dysphoria is just a lot of it's a lot of work. Uh, not only does it does um, part of combating body dysphoria. Um, involve being on hormone replacement therapy or having uh, sexual reassignment surgery. It also involves a lot of, you know, other changes before you do any of that. As not many people go through HRT or the surgery. So a lot of this is what some people do just to, you know, as a form of transition. Now, there's always makeup practice, which you can always do, like you do if uh, makeup's your thing. Um, just try and like um, do makeup tutorial tutorials on YouTube. Yeah, I see a lot of those. That's how I learned to do my whole black smoky eye thing. It was um, it was a challenge to get used to it at first, but you know, it, it worked eventually, and I eventually got really good at the makeup thing. Um, it's just what I don't like about it is the fact that. Liquid eyeliner. I cannot use fucking liquid eyeliner. It is like the most 
difficult thing for me. And sometimes it go, like goes into my eye and just like makes it look all black. Suddenly when I look in the mirror, I'm like, holy shit, I'm a demon. Fuck that noise. Um, but yeah, so let's make a practice. Plus, you can also like you know do workouts. I know that there are some uh, workouts that help develop the fem- the feminine form, uh, as well as workouts that develop the masculine form. Um, if you're a trans guy, um, see, there's uh, for for girls. I know you can like do a bunch of squats. You can go jogging, running. Um, you can develop those leg muscles, make them look thicker than the top of your, half of your body. Don't skip ab or, or arm day because you'll end up looking like the bottom half of the Hulk, but the top like a skinny white, uh, sorry, skinny person. Uh, nothing to do with race. I just, I just pulled out the race card because I was watching a bunch of, um, you know, comedians who, uh, anyways, forget it. <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> fuck. Oh god, I, I'm not drink. I didn't. I, I'm acting like a drunk person, but I didn't drink at all. I'm just like really fucking hyper. Um, sugar does that to me. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so there are workouts to help you develop the forms to assign with your gender. Um, now there are. You can also do posture exercises if you're a trans girl. Um, a lot of it is mainly just sitting up straight or walking in a straight manner. You can walk straight but not be straight at the same time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so, if the walking thing is usually a tough one for me. That's where I feel the most dysphoria for my end. Because I'll tend to walk um, just like down the hallway of my workplace. And um, my, my girlfriend says I have more of a derpy kind of walk. Because it looks like I'm modeling for some odd reason. So I had the worst time trying to combat that because I'm just like... Because uh, when I... Before I identified as a woman, I just like walked however the fuck I wanted to. It was, um, it was just like, I don't know, it was weird. Cause I took like big ass steps forward. I'm a tall girl and I have t- big ass feet. So I tend to be all fumbly bumbly when I walk and it, it just looks bad. So a lot of the dysphoria that, that, com- that gets into me is, um, happens to do with like the way I walk and the way I, um, and the way I talk, obviously. So it just, I don't know, but the walking thing I'm still working on. Um, it, a lot of it's also posture, a lot of it's breathing, and it just like, it, it all goes together to form like the perfect kind of little way about, you know, just simple movements, the way you like move, the way you kind of speak as well. Oh, and there's also, um, as far as physical dis- disturbia goes, um, you can also uh, work on your voice control, your volume, and your pitch control as well. Um, I'm really, really trying at this very moment to um, bring those two together to put in this podcast. Because <clears throat> the thing with my voice is I've been used to the same kind of pitch of voice for a while. And it's fairly annoying how I tend to stammer and mumble. Because sometimes like my, my, my body and my mind try to talk 10 billion times faster than how I actually speak. So like my mouth is like moving like 10 notches slower than my mind basically. And that's the hardest part I have. That's the hardest um, physical thing that I struggle with is my voice and my pitch and just how I gotta control how loud I am. That's also hard for me because I'm also half deaf. Now, and being hard of hearing can affect your voice in the way where you tend to sound like me, 
when and when I try to sound fast and talk fast and be all, you know, oh, I'm a smartass, it doesn't work because I sound more like a dumbass in that, in that perspective. Um, but yeah. Now, I still need to work on my voice, but as for girls who know how to talk normal uh, and speak with the concise, you know, speech, you guys basically just need to work on your voice control and your pitch control if you need any help with that at all. If you don't and you already know how to talk and how to speak in a more feminine tone or matter, then you're pretty fucking set. As for me, I need to work on that shit. Um... Anyways, I'm uh, moving on to the second form of dysphoria. That is socially social dysphoria. It's basically discomfort by how you are seen by others. Now, in this form of dysphoria, um, you're basically worried about if this person sees you as a male or a female um, when you're actually trans woman, trans guy, non-binary. Uh, honestly, it's it's a guessing game when it comes to like um, people and you, because some people. Don't have the um, don't have the mindset to consider that there are more than two genders, and those people will stick to the defaults in their minds, which is female and male. Um, now it's it's kind of fucked up, but it's just how some people are. Uh, it's some people who are specifically from raised uh, before the two thousands era. Now, <clears throat> I'm just saying that because for the most part, we do get people that don't understand us. Usually, there are a little, uh, that were born like kind of before the um, 2000s era. That's all I'm saying. Um, anyways, <clears throat> uh, social dysphoria, discomfort by how you see my. I'm, I'm reading notes. I'm organizing my podcast by notes, by the way. This way, I'm a little more, more organized. Um, now, the way to combat social dysphoria is basically just to do all the stuff that I told you in the body dysphoria thing. You, you just have to like work on all of that and just do your best. Uh, how they perceive you is going to be uh, kind of a shit, um, a crapshoot, you know? But there's not much you can do in that, to change people's minds or to make them see what you see in yourself. It's it's gonna be you know really hard that kind of dysphoria doesn't really um isn't really combated very well, but at the same time it it really doesn't uh, how do I say this you shouldn't or it doesn't matter what they say or what they think um, for the most part I mean you know you're a woman or you know you're a man and and that's completely fine. Um, and some people may not know it, or some people may not want to accept it. It doesn't, but they—they're not the judge of you. They're not—they are not the boss of you. You—they can't like make you, you know, crawl into a hole and say, "No, you're you're this and that." No, no, no. Don't don't pay attention to them because all that really matters is how you perceive yourself and how you think of yourself, because that's what gets you the confidence and you know the the courage. And, you know, the, the rightness in your heart to keep on keeping on. And, which brings me to my third, um, third topic, a little segue, uh, is mind dysphoria. See, it, it, that is when your thoughts and your, um, basically, your, how you think 
doesn't match with your gender identity. Now, by combating this, you just have to remember that you you are your identity, and the thoughts that you have don't make the gender. Uh, thinking like a guy is a misconception, to be honest, as it is not as like all guys, they do not think the same way as we. A lot of us tend to think that they do. They don't. Same thing with girls. All girls don't think the same. They really don't. Some of us aren't like you know Instagram models or people who um, think about how they look 24/7, and some of us you know aren't like tomboyish or like um, you know into sports or stuff. It just like it happens that like not everyone thinks the same. You can be a girl and a complete sports addict, and you can also be a girl and be and totally into girly stuff, into like really girly girly stuff, you know, like like flowers, pink, and and butterflies and shit, and that's the the the, the basic stuff that people think that being a girl is about. It's not about that. Being a girl is about just. It's about being confident and being... It's mainly just about being yourself, to be honest. A lot of your gender identity is about being yourself. And it's about, you know, being uh, strong and having your own thoughts and having your own opinions and, and knowing what matters to you and how you just... <sighs> I'm, I'm struggling here with my words because um, at the same time, while I am trying to explain what it is, it's also a lot to do with because I, I, me running a podcast means I gotta worry about who I'm going to offend, who I'm not going to offend. So my words aren't only not scripted, but trying to organize my thoughts in a way they don't offend anyone is kind of a, a, a thing for me. It's, it's, a, it's a taboo for me to not say the wrong thing or to say the thing that offends people. But um, being a woman, for the most part, is knowing who you are and being yourself doing so. Now, um, let me see. Here we go. Um, I would also like to say that if you're non-binary, that being who you are is also um, the most important thing. And you just got to understand that you identify as this and not what other people say. Because... Your stance on who you are is what's going to combat mind dysphoria. Because at the end of the day, all that matters is how you think of yourself. And what you want to achieve as your identity. Now, um, when it all comes down to it, it all just comes down to personality with your thoughts on on mind dysphoria. Um, But anyways, let me see here. But anyways, at the end of the day, you know, only you can say who you are. You know, have confidence and pride in who you are. And that is a true key to fighting any kind of dysphoria. Uh, so, cause, like, so you may not want to do any of the shit I just said. That's completely fine. You know, this is just how I personally, you know, fight my own dysphoria. How you fight it is up to you. But just remember, it's all about how you think of yourself and what you want to achieve as your identity. Ah, well, that's it for today on my little dysphoria rant. Um, so that's, um, yeah. Join me in next episode where I will be talking about how sexuality and gender are two different things. Uh, my name is Olivia. This is Liv's Corner. 
and uh, y'all have a good night. Good night.